All right, here we go. Podcast number 13, Wide Open with Chris Barant, co-hosted by the one and only, thank God he has a shirt on today, Ross Robinson. <laughs> yes, What's up, sir. Ross? Yeah, we're, we're actually doing it. You would not believe how hard it is to get Chris in here for 45 to record this podcast. I know. I was thinking that. I'm like, when you got back last week, I was like, oh man, we're going to crank like two a week and it's going to be great. And... That has not happened. I just get everything set up and then I just stand next to him. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, are we, are we doing this? And I'm gonna... on two phones at the same time. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen right now, but we're here. We're doing it. Here um, so here we go. Um, so what's up, everybody? We we got some fun stuff to talk about uh, for podcast number 13. Um, we did a post on my Instagram of uh, just seeing if you guys have been enjoying them. Uh, the vlogs have been are back. We're excited about yep. that. Roscoe's been cr- crushing it there. And, you know, it's so fun this time of the year because we have so much cool stuff going on. And, yeah, there's we've been doing a little bit of riding. It's been very preseason riding, not much snow. Um, but the exciting stuff is all the sled builds and all the stuff that's going on in uh, at the shop. And so it's fun to to show the people what we got going on. And it's hard to explain just how chaotic and, and the madness that we're at right now. Yeah. Well, that's what I was talking to Ryan last night and he's not here right now. He's working at home and he's like, oh my God, I saw a picture of the shop. I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's out of control. Well, 25 sleds in the shop yesterday. Well, and I was wrong. Actually, I counted. So I, cause I lost count. And so I just thought, well, it's about 25. Oh, okay. It was 27 and we still have about, uh, 17 sleds out in the back, but we got, uh, we got the boys out there cranking out work right now. And we're in here, uh, drinking mountain ops, energy shots and, uh, and coffee. coffee. And so, yeah. Um, but anyway, what I was saying is we did a post on Instagram talking about, uh, that we're going to be doing podcast number 13 and we asked, um, shoot us, shoot us some questions. Um, uh, and, and I think that's, what's been a lot of fun is, um, f- via the podcast, you can listen to it anywhere you can get a podcast, but we're also doing these up on YouTube. Uh, for those of you guys who are watching on YouTube, you might notice our sick new, uh, um, Stu- po- studio, studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, this big blank white wall behind us. We need to figure something out, some sort of signage or something cool. Well, actually, what happened is we got kicked out of the... We were doing it in the store, but Ashley's too busy doing orders, and so we're in the dungeon. Yeah, the dungeon, and it's the quietest place in the shop. So So we're okay. Yeah. Um, But anyway, uh, we asked... for people to submit five questions um, or that we were going to pick five questions to go over in our podcast for yep. today. So let's dive into it. We had a lot of, uh, of great ones. So it was kind of hard to just uh, narrow on, on these few, but these are, these are the ones that kind of sparked my interest. And uh, one of the ones that I get asked a lot is, um, do you ride anywhere besides where you ride? So Colorado, we ride up at Grizzly Lodge and yep. we ride Chile. Um, it, the other places that where where where's your favorite place to ride uh, out of all the places you've been uh, and so um we're gonna we're gonna dive into that one and and so it's funny my very neutral answer is it doesn't really matter where i go as long as i have snow mountains and trees right that you can and so then you can say well colorado's awesome montana's awesome i mean every everywhere is awesome but there are those places that like we just have our favorites right right? um and so 
for me, um, I and, and I've never ridden Revelstoke. Can you believe that? I mean, yeah. like the snowmobile capital of the world, I've never ridden Revelstoke. One of these days, I will get up there. Time, the schedule-wise right now is, is tough for me, but I really, um, Grizzly Lodge is like one drainage over. Uh, uh, so it's yeah. Grizzly, Sycamus, Revy, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So I I love um, I love Grizzly Lodge. Um, and there's a couple of reasons that I really like that place. McCall kind of fits into that a little bit too. Yep. Um, the the tree spacing I call it it it's just cheater, hundred percent cheater. Uh, it's well, it's hundred percent cheater until you find the old grizzly thicket, and then you're really screwed. <laughs> then you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but generally, the tree spacing is incredible. The snowpack is amazing. We're at a lower elevation than what we ride here. I feel like Superman down there. Um, just so many cool features. Um, uh, BC in general. I really like McCall. It's been a few years since I've yep. been back there. Um, and we've talked about, we've kind of dove into this a little bit. But So I love those aspects. But the reason that I love those aspects is because of what we ride here in Colorado annoying tight no base high elevation with no power and so we have to work so much harder to to have those awesome lines here and then i go to somewhere like that and i'm literally i feel like i'm riding a 125 motorcycle just 100 percent wide open all the time throughout the day and i love that feeling we can be so you can be way greedier like you can just oh get away with murder like i'm going right up this thing whereas he is where we got in colorado and ride mostly it's you got to be plan b and you know a lot you're on your toes more um where's your spot roscoe i think well so there's actually more than just the riding i think about too is because when when we're guiding we're doing we have so much other stuff going on and we're not like quote unquote riding riding and so like what also i think about is like i love grizzly for the fact that it's a little bit different for us we don't have our fleet of snowmobiles we don't have our trucks and trailers that we have to deal with we are more in like a true guide role where we're just guiding and then we're hanging out we're doing stuff and we're and so it's a little bit different and it's fun in that aspect but if i'm talking not on job probably mccall partially because we have friends there yeah so when you're like (laughs) Oh, I'm going to go to McCall. You just call up the boys, you know, Phil and, and those guys, and they, they take you to the, to their spots. And then, yeah. it's, you know, that's, what's fun about it. And those guys are really good riders. So you're not like having to search for snow or you don't, you, you know, find the sweet spots. They can, they can just lead you to the goods. And I, I think what's funny, um, and we got to be careful that we don't end up just talking about one topic, the yep. entire podcast, but I think what's funny about when we talk about different riding areas, because everyone who's involved with this sport uh, has, has their go-tos, you know, a lot of people do the Togety thing and Alpine Wyoming and all of that. But just in my mind, as I, as I was listening to you talk about that, some of those places that give me that vibe are, you know, like Alpine, for, for example. Um, you know, when I go to Alpine Wyoming, that terrain is scary as shit. I mean, it is some big big stuff last year on the climb ride in april i was out of my comfort zone a lot and it wasn't necessarily i mean it, it, it was definitely because of the terrain a little bit but mostly because of the, the conditions right of the terrain that, w- yeah. that we were in at that time yeah um and, and not necess- not like scary like 
avalanche conditions because no. that's a whole different topic. It was but just like like just f- fast spring snow, and it's like, oh, we're going on a toboggan ride. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yep. And so, and we talked about that in a cu- couple podcasts back of me almost dying right. coming down the hill. Yeah, that was fun. Um, but just, but then you know, I think of. I mean, I've been so blessed to be. I, when I went over to Russia and I rode, we just saw Kosturki and Keith Curtis were over there. Yeah. And it's funny when I'm watching all their stuff, I'm like, yep, I've been there. I've been there. That was awesome. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's, it's again, it's that same thing. Like if you've got hills, trees and snow, you're going to go have a good time. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I mean, I think that that kind of covers uh, some of our favorite places yeah. to ride. But I really like your point, uh, that, and and I agree with you. We were just talking about this in the shop two days ago. We are so fired up to go to Grizzly because the vibe. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what gets people so excited about coming here to our place. It's the same thing, yeah. right? They're not dealing with their cabin and, and having to worry about where they're going. That's what they're relying on us for. Right. And I think that's what's a really big draw to come out and ride with us is not only are you going to learn a bunch, but you're going to go see some cool country. You're going to get fed. I mean, you have no responsibilities. Your responsibility is to go have fun. Right. And so we're we're really excited about that. We, you know, we, we lean on and rely on the the um, the staff at Grizzly for that, for us, um, up there. So it'll be fun. All right. Next question before we get into Chile, because that's going to, that would spiral out of control. That question was asked by B uh, BWN performance. Cool. Awesome. Um, so th- thanks. Thanks for the question there. Um, let's go to, what do you want to do? Um, how about filming? Filming. Yeah, let's go filming. Okay. So we got a question. Why do I say so, so many times? I don't know. You're, Every time uh, I say, you hear me say it, just hit me. Okay. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right. So, <laughs> uh, we, we got asked the question. Do, do you have it there? Uh, I'm trying to find it. Okay. Basically, it was asking. How, oh, I got it. I yeah, got go, it. Go ahead. So this is from Drew Henley. Um, how much time do you spend filming uh, when you're out riding? Is it planned or dedicated days when you know you're filming all day, or is there always just a camera rolling and you edit out the goods from a ridiculous amount of content? The answer is yes. All, all of the above. All of the above. Somewhat. And and you know, filming is such an important part of what we do. We love um, building our brand and promoting it and showing you guys what we do. Um, but it's changed quite a bit. Uh, it used to be for me personally, I used to film with 509, Slednecks, Phil's movie. Uh, you know, I had these dedicated times where, yes, I am going to go spend two days and all we're going to do is I'm going to go out with two filmers and I'm going to go do silly things. And those days are crazy days. I mean, yeah. it is, you know, when we guide and ride, I'm riding at a hundred percent, very little during the day. There's yeah. time, there's moments where I'm riding at a hundred percent, but when you go film your every single line for like, for me, I am going to go do something that, because we've set the bar so freaking high yeah. that if you do something that like a maneuver, that's 80%, it's garbage. It's garbage. It doesn't no, go in the- yeah. If, if there's not a chance of your snowmobile flipping on top of you or you ending up down in the Creek upside down, it doesn't even look good. No. And no. so th- filming has become such a, a lot. 
I was gonna say love hate. I mean, I still like it, but I it's know it's a like hate. <laughs> I know, I know what that day is going to be. That yeah. day is going to be me mentally and physically giving it my all. Yeah. And um, those are the those can be really good days, or they can be really bad days. Uh, last year, I had one that was a bad day, and I ended up uh, smoking my wrist and set me up for a fairly uncomfortable rest of the season but then i had two days last year when stephen clark and phil came down that literally every single thing went right the snow was perfect my sled was flawless i was riding at the level that i hold myself to yeah and we got more footage in those two days than we could could use and and so those are those are what we call the dedicated days when you know, okay, we're going to grab two filmers, no clients, and we're just going to go, we've been saving these little zones and we're going to go to those zones and do our deal. Right. Um, and, and then and, and on those days, and I think that's why if you ask any filmer who's filmed with you, especially in the last five years, because you've been doing it for so long, is... Like when I go film, I still sometimes try to force things to make it look cool and then you end up failing and that's a throwaway anyway. So it's like finding that balance of like, you got to make it because you're trying to make it look sick and cool. And so you're like forcing it a little bit, but you got to know if you screw up, then it's a throwaway shot and there's just so much that goes into it. And that's why like that day was so good, right? Like all of the BBA 2020 stuff is like a lot of it is out of either out of Grizzly, which you guys crushed. And then it was out of those two, those two days. And I still have footage from those two days, I think, that I didn't tap into. Just like clips here and there. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, one of, one of the things that has... So we talk about the love-hate thing, but one of the one of the things that is so rewarding for me on the filming side of things, and, and I don't... I This isn't my agenda, but it just happens to happen. I've been told by, you know, Stephen Clark, who has filmed with every person... Who's out there? Right. Um, Todd Williams, who is like the Jinsu master of photography. <laughs> you know, these these guys after a film session, you know, come up to me and say, that was the most ridiculous day I've ever seen. I've never, you, like, you are on another level. And I mean, yeah. to hear those types of things, and, and I'm just out there doing my thing. I'm not right. like trying to show off or impress for them. I am doing this for me. I'm not doing it for anybody else. I am, I am wanting to push myself and, you know, to hear guys who have ridden with everybody, filmed with everybody done, been in that moment for them to say those types of things. It's just like, okay, that's kind of cool. That's worth it. Um, and it helps motivate me, keeps me fired up to want to do it because that's the other thing too, is, you know, I've also worked with filmers, where it's been the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good there, but maybe if you could have done this and it's like, you have no idea what I just went through to actually do that. And I felt good about it. And then you just put me down. Right. It's like, ah, it's the, it's like me putting you down. Ross, yeah. dude, why didn't you do those upside down, I was, man? Yeah. I, I thought I did it. Yeah. The, the relationship on filming is like one too. like, you know, mm-hmm. that's why f- those guys that you're talking about are so good to work with because you also have that good relationship and you look at things the same, right? That's yeah. when you're like, oh, that wasn't what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And that's, and that's the other thing that once you have that filmer athlete relationship established yeah. is 
I literally can look at a line and Phil already knows what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it's like me, I do a couple points, he head shakes over there. Yep, yep, okay, and then boom, we're off. So, you know, and that's Todd Williams is the same and and he now Todd, I will tell you about like he 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 pushes me a little bit where I'm just like, dude, come on. Like that could it happen? Yeah. I like to be more 50-50. He's more like 20-80. Yeah. 20% I'm going to make it. 80% I'm going to end up freaking wrecking something. And how often are you on a snowmobile <laughs> that's not yours with Todd? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every and it's time. A, and it's a pre-production. Yeah. yeah Todd, so for those of you guys who don't know, Todd Williams does a lot of the photo shoots for Polaris. So I'm riding um, the next model year. Uh, I'll be actually doing that here in a few weeks, riding all the model year 21. Man, I can't wait for you guys to see the 21. It's got this new... Uh, I can't talk about it, right? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we kind of took a left. Took a left there um, on the filming. So, so those are dedicated days. But right. now, something that, and that's where your role has um, expanded, Ross, is right. is um, showcasing and showing people what we do, right? Right. Um, and so that's something that we end up doing. Um, quite a bit, maybe not as much as we would like, but we get the camera out with our groups and show, try to capture what, what, what the vibe is here at BBA. And, and, um, we've talked about this in quite a few of the podcasts, uh, throughout this last year is how our, our business model has changed over the years. And now it's just not go get you stuck and go ride. Uh, it's teach you. So we can go get you stuck and go ride in terrain that you never thought you could go ride in. And it's really been a blast capturing that and just seeing these people's reaction to, oh my gosh, I can actually do this. Right. And I didn't, or hearing, I thought, I I didn't know I was going to get this much out of it. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, but, but the, it's so if we weren't filming, we wouldn't be able to capture that. And yeah. so with the vlog and then the clips that we're, that we're able to post on social media, those have been really fun. Yep. And all of that is kind of like, it just allows us to be, to capture it differently because I mean, there's been a lot of snowmobile films that are a lot of jumps and hopovers and all of the same things for a number of years and they have their place and they're great and cool. But like, to make and that's what i've heard is like oh chris brant's a real human <laughs> after you know i'm like post you know we're getting photos of you or, or sh- stuff of you like stuck or screwing up or you know kyle's giving you a hard time all that stuff is like it just makes it more relatable i think yeah so, and that's what's really fun to hear the feedback from yeah and i it was funny i posted a fail friday clip the other day and one of the comments was awesome finally i'm riding <laughs> like chris Barant. yeah there you go <laughs> um so i hope that kind of answers uh the filming question our our goal is to always get content um sometimes it's easy to be lazy and not get the shot but then we always kick ourselves in the in the butt saying oh if we just would have had a camera out for that, those are moments that would have been really cool to capture and to share. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so filming is fun. It's definitely work though. Um, we love just riding and not having cameras out, but then it's like, but then we don't get to share it and we don't get to talk about it. And, and so, yeah. Um, and I guess thankfully now it's really convenient just to get your phone out and 
Yeah, and the phone clips can, are good. I are mean, good. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. good yeah. enough. And and for the dollar bet line, woo, you, you got to get the phone. Clip. You got to get, get the phone out. out. And then if I'm there, I'm like, don't go. I need the camera. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So let's move on to question number three. Uh, we, so we've covered filming. We've covered favorite place to ride. Uh, let's talk about, I think someone asked about Evo build. Mm, where's, oh, yeah. Bradley Phelps. Love seeing you and Strider build the Evo this year and now teaching him the craft. Would you like to hear more? Oh, would like to hear more about how the build went. Cool. Um, I'm not a very good reader. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I posted this just the other day. No matter what happens the rest of this season for me, this has been this has been the best one so far. I have literally rode five weekends in a row now uh, with with my boy. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it was just amazing. So last weekend, I went on a fox test to uh, we were doing final calibration for our chaos uh, QS3 setup, and I was able to take my son. Right. I mean, and, and it's funny the you know, the guys at Fox are like, I cannot believe this kid is just right there. Just right there. We're just riding. Right. Yeah. I mean, just riding with the boys. And I mean, obviously, you know, he's not going down into Narville and the deep dark creeks, but you know, in these early season where we're just finding meadows with not as many rocks and, and, you know, just getting miles on sleds, it's been so dang fun. And, and, so we talk about the Evo build and I mean, again, we will have a full podcast on the Evo. Um, but in a nutshell, the, we, we have to get the youth involved in our sport, right? It is, it is the future. And, um, every industry is seeing that struggle right now. The motocross industry, uh, mountain bikes, mountain bikes er- er- everything is, if if we don't have the youth excited and and pumped for it, where is it going to be? Right. I mean, we're all going to be old, and I guess we'll still kind of be buying sleds, but we we need we need our future to be pumped about it like we are, and and so, um, you know, it was it was a really big step for for me with this sled because prior to this year. He's right. He, you know, he's, he started, he did the same deal. He started on a little 120 like most kids do. And then we got a modified 120. And then he actually rode a, the Cat 200 for a season, and, but outgrew that very quickly. And, but all of those rides are glorified trail rides. And yeah. that's, well, out here out west that's not the agenda the agenda is to ride off trail and so there's this there's this huge gap between that 200 and of a, a, uh, a 600 600 a 600 full-size sled yeah full chassis full-size full chassis, ch- chassis. Yeah. yep and so the evo was was put into that segment basically a three-quarter size sled and you know it is a a, a pro chassis, but it has ergonomics, the, the lower seat, the tank, um, all, some of those things that, that help. And, and you guys have seen, maybe you can go on our website under, under the store and we have actually all the details on the Evo RMK build. And there's some really cool side-by-side pictures of what the sled looks like compared to a full size sled. And, um, so the, so for me, um, it, Polaris, 
Polaris built the Evo. They they could have gone one or one of two directions, and they chose to go with the more planted feel to not scare the rider um, who's just trying to learn off trail stuff. Yeah, right. And so, um, picture the the father and son going to Togety, and they're riding the trails, and they see a meadow, and they dip off the trail and ride the meadow. That lower planted feel of the Evo is that's a good thing. Right. Um, it's more stable. It doesn't scare the the child. Um, so that so there's there's two approaches. And and so I guess how I looked at it is there. So there's an Evo RMK, but then there's an Evo RMK Pro yeah. edition, right? Uh, and the Pro edition is all Evo of Axis. That, right. Yeah, something that's like right. That, right. Is is that's what we need to start teaching the fundamentals of mountain riding, which are counter steering, wrong foot forward, powder turning, you know, getting a sled on edge, all of those types of things. And with the Evo RMK in the stock form, that is very difficult because it's wide and low to the ground. So, um, you know, my agenda was very simple is to make this little three quarter sled into a mountain sled versus a trail slash meadow sled. Um, and what was really neat is we have a lot of takeoff parts around here because of all the builds that we do. And so, um, I was able to, I mean, just real quick in a nutshell, take the front end off. So, so the Evo is low to the ground. Um, so to get travel back in it, I put a, an axis or 850 axis react front end, um, which bolts right up. We had to shim just, uh, we had to do a little bit of shimming for the A arms to the bulkhead. Uh, and then it takes regular shocks. And then in the rear, uh, we relocated the rear skid out of the tunnel to get more travel. Um, also did a couple things in that rear. Again, you can see the build list on the site of exactly what we did, but it ended up putting, uh, RMK rear shocks in there to get more travel. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, the big one was the running boards. Um, and you know, I remember back in 2011, we were cutting all running boards off and putting better boards on and, um, and it was a lot of dang work. And this, that, that project is a lot of dang work as well. Um, so it was really a fairly easy project up until the running boards. Um, but it's, you take your time, you template it out and you start cutting stuff. Um, and those things. And then I did a a set of RSI one inch handlebars, which lowered the handlebars a little bit, narrowed them up. I put a, uh, uh, a tether, on it. I know a lot of you guys were yelling at me, get your kid a tether. I was like, well, it's on order. And so, um, but yeah, anyway, the sled right now is he's able to counter steer, get up on edge. You guys have seen the videos and, and more, more importantly. So we talked about the sled a bunch, but more importantly, my son now has that desire. Right. And he gets to go ride with dad and he, is just so fired up about it and wants to ride every day. And that more than anything has been worth it for me. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. So we'll do, we we can talk way more about the Evo. Yeah. And we'll like Stryman has been what he's been in the shop since he was, you know, like just nothing like, and he's just been around and seen and watched every video and seen us talk and all of the things. So, 
he's been soaking all that up and now he gets to go do it. Now he gets fun, to go do it. Right? Yeah. Like, I, dude, it killed me when we were in the truck loaded up and you know, Chris uses the, the Bobcat skid steer to like push up jumps and his got his little moto track. Strider goes, dad, I hope you brought the skid. I hope you brought the Bobcat so we can build jumps. <laughs> no Strider. I didn't bring the Bobcat. <laughs> we up, couldn't fit it in up the, the mountain. <laughs> We couldn't fit it in the goose neck. Yeah. Uh, I guess one more point too. The other, the, the thing that's so cool is in teaching in teaching someone at this age right now, they are clean. No bad habits. Yeah. He has, he, he, when I tell him this is how you do it, then they just do it. And we fight this all the time when we get clients here who have ridden their way for 20 years. It is ridiculous ridiculously hard to break bad habits and so to be able to form the correct habits right away man he's gonna be a shredder yeah yep and we're all fired <laughs> it's a strider and chris show yep all right so we got evo build filming favorite place to ride um let's go so we got two topics next we got trucks and would you change anything knowing what you know now yeah what do you want? Whichever one you can find quicker. Okay. Uh oh jeez, dude. Sorry. Struggle bus. Struggle bus. Oh, uh, here's trucks. Okay. Andrew asks. Andrew Call asks a brief overview of the trucks, what have been done to them, future plans, and how much do you like it? Cool. Um this is a fun one. And and anytime I post a picture of old red dragon and with the big trailer everyone's like man we got to see a, some build details on that truck yeah. which we do we need to do that yeah um i have a slight problem when it comes to trucks eh, slights yeah slights is, might be an understatement but <laughs> um i'm very particular and i like my stuff clean and i have a 2013 f350 you guys may have seen it once shut up <laughs> It's more of a garage princess. It only goes out on, on nice days. And the, my problem is is I have a hard time having people in it because they can't keep their feet on the mats. They don't like my no-shoe rule, you know, things like that. And so I ended up having to buy a new truck just so I could park old White Lightning in the, yeah. in the shop and, and so it's clean. And so my work truck is a 2001 dodge six speed uh with a cummins that i ended up doing compound turbos from ats injectors a clutch i think yeah, that's about it got it yeah sweet wrap a sweet yeah, <laughs> yeah. sweet fox wrap yeah. and it's just a, it's just a beast i mean you can't hear yourself talk if you leave it idling too long, you pretty much get asphyxiated in the cab. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just a real man's truck, oh you know? <laughs> um, but I love it, and it's something that I cannot be as uh, particular about. And so that's my daily driver, and I really like it. Yeah, and it's still cleaner than my daily driver. <laughs> it's got 350,000 miles on it, yeah. and it just chugs along and... The compounds have been pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm a. Everyone knows I like turbos, especially when vehicles that have two turbos. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that. So that's what I'm driving, Roscoe. Then, you're, you're. Yeah, I have a 06 LBZ Chevy 2500 with the flatbed 
and I got it for a smoking deal, but it sat up in um, Washington, the Pacific Northwest in the rain for a, a while because it only had 80,000 miles when I bought it. So then got moisture in the turbo, main seal went out, um, and then the injector started to go. So I did full injectors, turbos, downpipe, like whole thing. Nothing crazy because like I don't want to, you know, wreck things and I, I need it to be a daily rig. So that kind of sucked when I had to do that, but now it's in a place where I can just drive the heck out of it. Mm -hmm. So, and I really like it. It's good. Um, but I kind of did the same thing except I couldn't, I didn't have the luxury of putting my princess (laughs) in the, in the shop. So I, I had a newer GMC and then I sold it and bought this and I'm happy with my purchase and would like a, like a F one fifty or something smaller to have when I don't need this truck, but uh, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. It's super fun and it's always cool to, to, play with them and we always have more plans like i want to build the flatbed into a true sled deck flatbed but yep did not get to it this summer so yeah and then uh so we've got kyle he ended up getting a 17 or 18 f 250 or 350 yeah um so kind of cool he was a dodge guy last year had some stuff with the dodge uh so he's he's back on the ford train and Thank gosh, he's got a nice truck, so then I can just ride with him all the time. <laughs> Make him drive. Make him drive. Well, uh, the port, he bought it, and then like two days later, it got like hail damage. damage. Oh, my oh gosh. man. That's Kyle. That's Kyle. And, and Kyle just smiling on his face. Oh, yeah, it's totaled. <laughs> <laughs> he sends me pictures like golf ball size hail, and his truck's just sitting in the driveway. Yeah. Uh, and then our new ad, Wyatt, uh, he, he freaking ponied up. Dude, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of tire on that thing. Thirty sevens, what? Yeah, so he got a nineteen Dodge, and um, but I mean, my definition of a worthless truck, okay? <laughs> no gooseneck hitch, which you're fired. Which we already, me and Ross already mm. went in halvesies yeah. to make Wyatt drive every day. We're buying him a hitch, yeah, and then um, a short bed. That's yeah. I mean. Well, Kyle's got a short bed too. I know all these. I mean, if you're going to buy a truck, buy a dang truck. <laughs> uh, uh, well, and speaking of worthless oh truck, let's get to Andrew. Yeah. All right. Andrew in the Tundra with a topper. Mr. Salada fly over there. <laughs> all right. We're just kidding. Andrew, we love you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, get some airbags on that thing. <laughs> you can't win around here. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that kind of covers the trucks. Um, we'll probably do a video on Red Dragon. I think yeah. that'd be kind of fun. Be Guys want to see that. And, and we should probably enter in a truck pool. That's where that truck belongs. Uh, yep. It's a monster. Yep. All right, trucks. Okay. Last, let's, uh, let's dip into the last question here. Um, and essentially, so this was from Mark Duran. He's been out here. Uh, he's a client and just a super fan of the industry, which is really cool. Um, in a nutshell, would you change anything knowing? Oh, in, so basically the path that I have taken, uh, would you change anything knowing what you know now? And it's funny. I was reading that question and Ross and I were chatting about it. And, and then we should have fired up the mics and recorded an entire podcast as we started to talk about I it. I know because, because that's, that's like thinking hindsight. Well, hindsight, I wish I would have, but we're always given these, these life decisions, these, these left or right, which way am I going? And you never know what, the path is going to where it's going to take you. And 
Um, you know, for me, I just, I believe God has the plan. He, uh, he gives you the options and it's, it's your, it's your decision. Um, and from a very early age, I enjoyed the challenge of taking the hard way. Um, halfway down the hard way, you're like, what the hell am I doing? What was I thinking? Um, I would like to go back, but you're too deep and yeah, that's what you're doing. But I look at, I look at the, the direction that, that I have chose. And, you know, I think about just all of these crazy life defining moments, like somehow, running into the crew at Slednecks in West Yellowstone. So here's me with no money, but I go to West Yellowstone to snowcross race, which I sucked at, but there was a freestyle contest, right? And so I enter the freestyle contest. This is where I end up earning my name, my nickname, Big Air. Have Uh, you been hitting ramps before this? uh, Very little. Like, I mean, I had two tricks. I had a Superman and a Can-Can and, oh, I had three. And jump so far to miss the landing, but but the crowd went crazy. So I call that a trick. Yeah. Right? Um, And, but, you know, so I look at those decisions. I mean, I was literally living paycheck to paycheck, buying snowmobiles on credit cards, but ended up in West Yellowstone. I won. I got like, I, I think I, I didn't win that event, but I got third or something and, you know, a couple hundred bucks and a couple hundred bucks back then for me was big. And then at the end of that, as I'm like picking up windshield parts and all of this stuff, the Slednecks. So Moriarty, the owner yeah. of Slednecks comes up to me. He's like, you need to come film with me tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, okay. (laughs) I am in. And, and, and I mean, you know, it's, I can think of a handful of moments in my life that were like that, that when, uh, you know, the question, would you change anything knowing what you know now? And it's like, I can't, I mean, I, I was giving, I was given an option and I started going down the path. Uh, you know, the next real life defining moment for me is obviously X games, learning the backflip and going, winning X games, gold, taking that money, uh, that I won from X games, putting that into brands, Backcountry adventure, starting the business, which brought, brought me to here. Yeah. I didn't want to learn the backflip. I hated it. I was scared of it. And, but I was, I, I was at the crossroad. It was, yeah. Do you go left or right? Left is the easy way. Right's the hard way. Everyone hates side hilling on the right. So I guess I'll go right. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's, um, I, I think it's, it's a cool question. It's a cool topic, but for me, um, it all comes down to, I am, as I look back at where I started from, did I make mistakes? hundred percent. Right. Did I learn from the mistakes? Yes. Those are called lessons. It's not a mistake then. And we talk about that a lot. Right. And so just having those, those, those opportunities put in front of me and then capitalizing on the opportunities was pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, just like taking the hard route, taking the route that's going to, can lead to more happiness, success, fun, whatever it is. It's just like the question is like the easy answer is, yeah, I would change. I would have been, we would have been creating content four years ago if yeah. we, if 
right? Or you would have done this or that. And, but like you just said, you never, you don't learn anything from winning. Well, I think what's pretty enjoyable about thinking about where, why you're here. Yeah. So, and we talked about this um, in your, in the podcast we did of how you got your job, right. right? A little bit. How I got my job the first time and then how I, and then <laughs> how I got my job again. <laughs> yeah, again. But it's the same thing. Yeah. Right? And the things that we talked about when you weren't working for me, when we had our sit down of the things that you, because it's just like what everybody sees on the surface here. Yeah. They think we go snowmobile. Yeah. And then you got to see what we actually do here. Right. And you're like, this can kind of suck sometimes. Yeah. And oh, for sure. I was so burnt out. Oh my gosh. Sure. Yeah. Right. And so we, I think that what was cool about it is, yeah, there was some, there was some things that were hard and it was easy to go the easy way. Yeah. But then you missed that feeling of the accomplishment after you beat the hard way. Right. 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 And, you know, we talk about all of these things that, Vanderchuk talks about yeah. of you know associating yourself with the mega the mega train yeah. you know like uh, this the, the brand and all of that and you know I think one of the things that was hard for you being young and wanting to get your name out there is as you were working for me it was really easy for you to think that I'm doing all of this work to build Chris Brandt yeah and what what was something that took you a little bit to realize was you were building Ross Robinson through Chris Brandt. Yeah. And I think that's, what's been so fun for me to see over the last two years with you is you really have taken advantage of, I'm not Chris Brandt. No, I'm Ross, <laughs> And we know that right, we know I'm, that. I'm yeah. Ross Robinson. Yeah. And, um, I can just be me and, um, and I think that's really cool, man. It's been, it's been fun to, um, to see your transformation yeah. in this too. And you know, the whole goal is just to just bring so much, bring value to everybody that when I ask or want to do something, I've already brought so much that they can't say no in a, in a way like that's kind of the whole meta idea. And obviously you're going to get told no a bunch and I, it always happens and we're really good at, at seeing that, um, but like that's what we talked about is me leaving was probably the best thing long term that happened because I learned a lot and I found a new thing and now I know how burnout I was then so now I just have adjusted and I realize that right it's like and what I heard recently was like you're you know talking about making these decisions is you make a decision and you will never know the outcome of the other decision yeah right true. we never know so like you, you make your bed and you sleep in it and this is the decision and you keep moving forward. So like whenever I think, Oh, what if I would have done that? I don't know. It could have gone great. Could have gone worse. Uh, now we're on this one. So, yeah. and it's going to be great. Yeah. Right? And it'll lead you to another crossroad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, I, I think it's a great question. It's a, it's a, it's a fun topic to talk about, but in the end, um, I still live by the Cameron Haynes, uh, motto of in the end, nobody, cares just work harder um i love living by that um we can bitch about when it's hard we can bitch about when we don't want to do something but in the end nobody cares yeah so get through it be stronger from it and uh just keep going and i love how i love when you when you know you're doing it right or you're like you're really confident in what you're doing 
you can go to that when it sucks, right? Like if it's late and like when I'm editing a video or something and it's late, I'm like, oh, dude, I don't want to do this at all. But then I'm like, ah, but this is working. Like nobody sees this, but it's going to work. I can't wait, you know, to remember this moment when I'm in the dungeon editing at midnight or whatever it is. Yep. You're up at five doing whatever. And, you know, it's that whole idea of like, this will be fun to look back on because we have so much confidence in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's so fun about our program right now. And the, I, I feel like within the industry that we are in, we, um, we are doing things that we, that everybody will look back on and say, that was sure a fun time. Yeah. Um, and it, it was cool. And, and, I mean, we we don't know what we're doing. No, dude. What I mean, this is this is fly fly by the seat of our pants, and really all it is is what. Here's how I think about it: is what do people want to see? Yeah, right. right I right. mean, we're do we have we have like we have the coolest job on the planet. Is it hard? Yes, but we have a really cool job, and we have a lot of people that um want to be a part of, of what we're doing. And so it's cool to be able to sit here on a podcast and talk about it yeah. and, and have the camera in my face when I'm about to do something stupid on the, on the mountain <laughs> right. or, or in the shop yeah. or whatever. And so it's a lot of fun. Um, and we're just, we're just trying things and the response has been great because we have just awesome fans and, um, just people who love this industry. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Super fun. Well, that really covers our five questions. Yeah. Um, we, so just so you guys know, we're, we're back on the podcast train. Uh, now. Okay. We, we got one done. I'm going to show that to him in next week <laughs> when he's like, man, I got a lot to do. I know, but yeah. it's 45 minutes. We knocked 45 it out five minutes, and yeah. we got to talk. So um, a couple of the other questions is related on sled setup. And I think it's really cool that guys are really wanting a place to go get some of that knowledge. So we are going to dive into that next. One of the questions that I had was and and we're going to do a whole podcast talking about this uh is why do you take off the stock shocks and why do you run why do you run your shocks because they're really expensive why would i do that yeah and so we're going to dive in that into that for next week um we're we're doing this podcast for those of you guys who listen to it whenever um we're doing it this is thanksgiving week of 2019 and we're going to keep trucking and moving on yep on to the next one on to the next one so uh thanks for listening for all you youtubers thank you for uh watching make sure you subscribe to uh to the channel yeah be subscribed come on yeah i can see how many of you are listening and not subscribed on itunes as well and it kind of hurts my feelings sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and it's hard to hurt this guy's feelings yeah look at me come on um but yeah with that being said the reviews on you uh on itunes uh, help a ton, you know, leave five stars or two. I don't care. Whatever you think it deserves. We actually have a couple two stars or maybe one, but we really appreciate that. And then leave, um, the best place to comment for the, the, the podcast itself is like YouTube. That's where we can go look at them easily. Um, so yeah, let us know what you think and, uh, keep, keep listening. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, and somebody build us a sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a sign, please. <laughs> 
But uh, and then we're also going to be moving forward with uh, a lot of industry guests. Um, I know we have uh, Zollinger Racing Products wanting to be involved with the podcast. We're gonna have some uh, some more climb stuff coming down the road. So um, we got a lot of fun stuff. Tune in and. I know you guys all like Kyle, so we'll probably get Greaseball back in here too. Um, the dude is an absolute animal. I think the shortest – well, yesterday was like a half day for him. He only yeah. worked like 15 hours yesterday. Yeah, and poor Wyatt is like, <laughs> can I go in? I'm like, Wyatt, you can go to bed. Like, don't worry. Like, I'm like, Kyle, I'm leaving, dude. He's like, can you help me? I'm like, no, it's 1030. I've been in here since 6. He cut, Wyatt, Poor Wyatt comes in the house. He's just shaking his – I don't know how he does it, man. <laughs> So, the machine. Yeah, the machine. So we'll get Kyle back on here if we can get him out of the shop for 45 minutes, and uh, we'll have some fun with that too. So keep in touch. Stay tuned. Leave comments. And, uh, again, follow us on all of our platforms, social, all of that stuff, and uh, we'll keep cranking out the content. Thanks, Thank, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.